My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. Feminism, noun, the policy, practice, or advocacy of political, economic, and social equality for women. Recent polls show that two-thirds of young women in the United States identify as feminists, and most men, particularly young men, according to the Feminist Majority Foundation, consider themselves supporters of the women's right movement. I don't know about y'all, but... I'd really like to see those numbers rise up to 100%. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, where good girls go for sexual empowerment. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I'm thrilled to be sitting here with Siri, an award-winning porn star who takes a stand for numerous important issues, including feminism. We'll talk about that more in just a bit here. But first, I'd just love to welcome her to the show. Thank you so much for being here, Siri. How are you doing today? Hi, thank you for having me. I'm wonderful. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. And we were just talking, we're both, we're born in Minnesota. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then you were raised in Texas, and you decided, I, I read, to pursue adult film work pretty early at the age of 19 while you were in college. What yeah. what led you to that decision? Um, to me, it was a very natural progression um, because I, I always was a very curious person growing up, and I, one of the things I was always super curious about was sexuality and anything to do with sex, really. Um, but at the same time, I was a late bloomer. I lost my virginity when I was 18. Um, I, I had my first kiss when I was 17. So so one year after your first sex, you <laughs> became a, it, it a porn sounds, performer. That's amazing. Yeah. It, it mean, happened it, quickly. <laughs> yeah, it did. Um, I, well, decided I wanted to do porn, but didn't become okay. a Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. So when I was 19, I was in my first semester of college. Uh, I, was, I was dating women at the time. I had a girlfriend, and that girlfriend was really into queer porn. And she introduced me to the website CrashPadSeries.com. And I started watching all the scenes I could find. I bought a membership to that site. I became a huge fa- fan, fanatic, really. And... The, the more I watched, the more I thought, like, I want to do that. You know, yeah. I, I think I'd be really good at that. I think I'd enjoy it. And at no point in my mind did I think, that's not a viable career option. It was always, like, a totally logical, like, I love why that. can't that be a career option? I love that. Was that your first time watching porn, or did you watch porn growing up? I'd, I'd kind of dabbled. I hadn't, like, really watched it, watched it. But I think, like, a lot of, you know, a, a lot of high school aged people do I I had like googled and you know sure. see what I could find sure. at some point but it wasn't like a thing that I made a habit of okay I um, see and that's partly also I think why I was so enthralled with porn all of a sudden at 19 is because specifically when I found queer porn which to me it's like it's a little different it's a in a lot of ways it's very feminist um and to me, I felt more comfortable being a porn viewer because I found something that was a little bit different from the product that I'd been exposed to before that. Sure. What were the differences? What are the main differences between queer porn versus mainstream? Right. Well, for example, the, the website that I just mentioned, Crashpad Series, one of the most obvious differences is um, not all, but a lot of the v- performers are female, lesbians, 
or, you know, bisexual. Um, but there are also transgendered performers. There are also male performers. It's just kind of a mix. Okay. But it's very fluid sexually and with gender, and it's just kind of like people are people. We're all going to fuck each other. <laughs> nice. Amen. We love that. If yeah. only all porn was that way, or more at least. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that's kind of in my mind with the way I approach porn and the way that I think of sexuality. That's where I come from. Okay. So even though now as a performer, I'm very much a mainstream straight performer. Like that's kind of my brand and, and my identity as a performer. But... To me, the way that I see the whole industry is kind of in a different Sure. Light, interesting. And it's also very interesting that it, it was such a logical, natural flow for you. I, I know from growing up in Minnesota that, you know, depending on the, the specific community or the people you're around, it can be a little bit more sheltered than, say, Los Angeles or, mm-hmm. you know, New York. Um, did you find that in, you know, were you taught about sex growing up? Was your curiosity ever kind of quelled through <laughs> school or was it like you just sort of had to kind of figure things out for yourself? Uh, no, I, I mean, like I wasn't, I, I was raised in a household that didn't really talk openly about sex. And then I moved to Texas when I was 12. So I kind of grew up half in Minnesota and then half in Texas. And in Texas, uh, I didn't get any, like, official sex education in public school. Really? So everything, like, literally everything that I knew or learned about sex by the time I actually had sex for the first time, I had sought out on my own. Wow. Um, Which is probably, well, it is continually more common. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, you know, it, it there's definitely a place for all the wonderful adult, you know, industry that we have. Mm-hmm. It's just sad that. That's all that, like kids especially, um, have. And I know that you are very, uh, you have some strong opinions about about digital piracy. And we've talked on this show about, um, you know, the availability of free porn and how, you know, five and six-year-olds are now starting to find it. Because we have curiosities from a very young age. It's natural. It's human nature. And I know that that, that's one of the problems, that that becomes, you know, their only um, kind of means of learning. And they're, you know, it's it's altering the way they they think about sexuality. But what are the problems that you see with digital piracy, specifically, you know, involving porn? Um, Some of the biggest ones, I mean... Obviously, I have a concern with digital piracy because it affects my ability to make a a living. It affects my livelihood and everyone else's livelihood in the adult industry. Um, And that is a a very big concern of mine. And usually when I speak out against piracy, that's the angle that I take with fans. Because, you know, taking that angle with my fans of, hey, that affects my ability to make a living. I might not be here in five years. Right. And they want to support you. Yeah, for sure. That really gets the message across. But one of the angles that I talk about slightly less often, at least to my fans, is the angle of, personally, the biggest problem that I have with free porn sites is there's no age verification. There's no protection for children. Most of these sites are, you know, (laughs) based out of, like, Malta or somewhere offshore. Um, Some of them, we don't know even who owns them. It could be run by the mob. Like, you don't know. That's They're really, really shady they're not doing good things. See, no I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that because I, I actually read in one of your interviews that you talked about the difference in the actual. It's not just that it's free. It's mm-hmm. a different thing. And right. um, your experience, it sounds like, has been really positive in the industry. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like perhaps if you don't know where it's coming from, you also don't know how these people are being treated, right? 
Well, the free free porn sites are, I mean, they really are pirate sites in that they don't produce content. Okay. Although sometimes it is like amateur stuff that people might film on their own and upload. The vast majority of stuff that's just stolen from, you know, gotcha. legitimate adult studios. Okay. Um, so, and when it comes to the, the I, we call them tube sites because, you know, it's like a kind of the YouTube of porn. So tube sites. But um, there's... There are a couple that are owned by one of the biggest corporations in adult, which is kind of weird because this is a corporation that owns legitimate adult studios at the same time they own tube sites. Whoa. Yeah, that seems a little hypocritical. Right. And those ones tend to be the ones that cooperate better. Like if I send them a a legal notice, like take down this video that's stolen, they'll usually take it down and comply better. I still don't like them, but at least they kind of comply. Yeah. (laughs) And then the ones that are based like offshore and owned by shady companies, we don't know where they're owned. You know, we don't know where they come from. Those are the ones that are kind of the worst. And so do you have to actually spend time seeking that out? Do people tell you, you know, your... Your work is free on a particular site, or how do you find out about it? I, unfortunately, yeah, that's part of my daily grind is going to those sites, searching myself, finding stuff that's stolen, and then having to send takedowns myself. But my webmasters also employ someone whose only job is to send takedown notices all day long every You're day. kidding. See, right. th- these are things I just, I, that's brand new to me. I had no idea. It's its crazy. <laughs> wow. And so it sounds like a lot of people end up dealing with that. A lot of people do. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, you've won a whole bunch of awards. <laughs> uh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> uh, is there one or two? What, which ones or is there one in particular that's really special to you or that you feel the most proud of? Of them all, and can uh, you tell us about what that the is? most recent one would be? Would be that one. Um, this is just within the past month. Um, one of the biggest DVD retailers in adult, TLARaw.com, they had a bracket style, kind of like March Madness, like a bracket style contest called Battle of the Superstars, and they took stars from current day, stars from back in the golden age, like the eighties and nineties, um, and paired them off, and then did this bracket tournament. And it was four rounds, and I made it through round one, and then I made it through round two, and then I made it through round three, and then I was it was me facing off with one other girl in round four, and I won it. Wow. Which is, I mean, it's pretty amazing, and it was fan-voted. So to me, that's a huge deal, and I'm so appreciative of my fans because I, I won that because I have such loyal fans who went and voted for me every single day. That's amazing. And you have a name for them, right? Your, your fans. I call them my legion of Syrians. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> and do you hear from them a lot? Do they, how do you hear from them? Twitter? Twitter yeah. mainly. Um, I, I'm very open with email too. Like I respond to pretty much every email that I get. Um, mainly though, Twitter, uh, my official website you know, um, I do a cam show every week and there's message boards and stuff. So I communicate with my fans that way. Nice. But a, a large percentage of it is all like social media. Awesome. And what do you enjoy the most about your career? Ooh, that's hard because there's a very little that I don't enjoy about it. Yeah, that's good. Um, I would say that I just enjoy getting to be sexually open and that and that it's I can always have this kind of running dialogue about sexuality with people like you and like with my fans and it's it's just to me it's very satisfying especially you know having 
been so curious about so many things. I completely relate to that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's where the term girl boner came from is that (laughs) as soon as I heard what a boner was, I was like, what about the girl boner? Nobody taught me about female sexual pleasure. Like for never. No one ever taught me until after I was already having sex that kind of like. Oh, you know, we do, we have our own, you know, arousal system. I didn't learn about it. I learned about cramps, you know? No. So it, it is true. Yeah. Like in Girl Scouts, when you're like 10, they're like, here's what your period is. Yeah. The end. Yeah. And they don't even, <laughs> even that is like very lacking. Right. When I got mine, I thought I had cancer. You know, it's like <sighs> it, nobody really tells you enough. And and uh, there's just sort of this taboo around, around sexual discussion and, uh, you're so right, like being able to be free to talk is great and also pretty new for women. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that we can even do so is huge, um, which kind of ties into what I was talking about at the beginning with with feminism. I know you consider yourself a feminist and some people believe that, you know, porn is kind of anti-feminist in, in some ways or hurts women more than it helps them. How do you explain or, or um what can you tell us about how you feel porn and uh, feminism kind of work together synergistically and are compatible? I think in most ways they are. Um, for I mean, I've been in the industry for two and a half years, and I've, I've never met a girl who did not choose to do adult films because that was, like, her first choice, you know? Um, of course, some girls have... They might join more because of the money. Some girls join... Or joint star join like it's a club. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> Maybe it is a club. I don't know. Um, some girls choose to do adult films because they like the financial incentive. Some girls choose to do adult films because they really enjoy sex and they want to explore their sexuality and their fantasies in a kind of safe environment. Um, but generally speaking, the vast majority of women that I meet, if not all um, that I have met are very much empowered and in control of their sexuality. And to me, there's that, I mean, that's absolutely feminist. Yeah. Um, I, it kind of upsets me when I hear anti-porn feminists talk about how we are victims of society or that we're like the damaged goods theory. Like we chose this because, which to me is like the most unfeminist thing that you could probably say, you know, to take away my, choice to do this or say that it's because something horrible must have happened to you. Something horrible happened to me. Yeah. I mean, it couldn't be that she actually really loves to express her sexuality. Right. You know, which, you know, is what the whole, and I hate even the word slut shaming. I mean, it's, I hate it and I appreciate the conversations, you know, because it's really woman shaming is is Mm -hmm. what it is. Um, And you're working on a project, right? I am. That involves that. Tell us about the documentary. It's called Slut, a documentary film. And it's... It shows the extent to which slut-shaming is a part of our culture. It's in our schools. It's in universities. Um, And so Emily Linden, who started the Unslut Project, which is unslutproject.com, which is how kind of this film came to be, um, Emily and the film crew have gone around the country and outside of the country, like to Canada, Nova Scotia, interviewing um, girls who have experienced slut-shaming, as well as families of girls who committed suicide as a result of being sexually bullied. Um, It's kind of become the norm, and it's really sad. And it's not only become the norm just to experience sexual bullying if you're a female, whether or not you even really... It it doesn't... The thing about slut-shaming, you don't even necessarily have to be a quote-unquote slut. People can just say that you're one, that you are a slut, or you do something slutty. Yeah. 
and it, it your treatment is no different, you know? Yeah, that's so true. And it's, you know, it. I really think that I don't know if any woman has never been slut shamed. Mm-hmm. If you if you look at the definition, actually tends to be, which usually it's used just to say that a woman is somehow expressing her sexuality, right. you know, and that is just if a woman talks about sex, if a woman has sex before marriage, mm-hmm. if a woman wants to have casual sex, mm-hmm. you know, we're just not held up to the same kind of standards right. that, that men are. And that's that's so unfair. I wish that I had worn, I have a t-shirt that was uh, one of the rewards given to uh, the Slut, a documentary film. We raised the funds by doing a Kickstarter. And one of the reward levels was you get this t-shirt and it says, define slut on it. And yeah. I love wearing that t-shirt because people never know how to respond. Yeah. And it's really funny because a lot of people don't know how to define the word slut. And when they try, it's like someone who does uh, <laughs> a woman that I don't like, basically, is yeah. kind of what it ends up meaning. Yeah, that's really interesting. I've never thought about that. <laughs> yeah, because if they were to actually define it, they would sound like a complete idiot. Right. They'd be saying, you know, ooh, she did something human and natural and right. pleasurable. And oh, my God, you know, what a bad. <laughs> and then it's sad that people will, as you said, bully not only the, the women who are, you know, being shamed for being sexual – but women will kind of step away from them trying to not be associated with right. it. And, you know, it, it's, it can be very isolating, very which is, so. you know, in the example of like Retea Parsons, which is one of the girls who committed suicide as a result of bullying. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the documentary, Emily has interviewed her family members about wow. about that. And, you know, it's. I, it's just yeah. uh, no, I know I there's no words for it. it I know I mean no I have chills. Yeah, that's yeah. it's just the most heartbreaking thing, mm-hmm. and I just the the repercussions of it are are endless because it never just affects one person, mm-hmm. you know. And all these messages are just really really damaging. It's very very sad. Um, you, uh, I, I think that body image plays a lot into slut shaming too, and mm-hmm. we talk about body image a lot uh, uh, on this show. Um, I know that one of your kind of um, it's in your bio and, and one of your kind of really, you know, sexy um, attributes that you have is you're very naturally large-breasted. Yes. <laughs> and that – has that always been – because I have girlfriends cause mm-hmm. who've had, you know, so many women have issues with their breast size and their bodies in general. But, you know, if, if they're too small, they're concerned. If they're too large, they're concerned. And they have all these different insecurities about it. Were you always able to kind of embrace your body as it is? Was that something that you always felt? I imagine it's very empowering now. But has it always been or how have you been able to kind of manifest um, positive body image? Um, it was tough. It was very tough. I, I was not an early bloomer physically, I actually developed at like a really kind of average rate. The difference is, um, whereas most girls kind of settled into a certain body type by maybe the end of high school, I just, I just kept like, my boobs just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was like, when is this going to stop? (laughs) Oh gosh. And I, I remember, um, actually like about a, about a month, the month that I met my husband, uh, I had scheduled a breast reduction cons- consultation. I was very serious. I was g- I was going to go through with this surgery, um, and <laughs> in a way, I like to say that my husband saved my boobs because <laughs> I 
he was the first person that I ever um, had sex with who really seemed to know exactly what to do with my breasts. Wow. I'd never, and, and I was 22 at the time, and I hadn't, I had never, you know, to me, they were like just these things. I was like, I don't know how to, I don't enjoy what them. What to do with know. them or to wear the right bra. And right. It took a long time for me to find the beauty in them and be proud of, of my body, you know, yeah. in, in that way. And now, I mean, I'm in, in a lot of ways, I've kind of built my career as an adult performer on the fact that I have these large yeah. natural breasts. And of course, I love them now and I appreciate them. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I like that I've been able to build, you know, my brand and everything as a performer on myself as a whole person. Sure. So even even though I am known for the big boobs, that's not specifically exactly what I'm about. That's not my fans who like me, my my most loyal fans, you know, it's it's about more than that. Yeah, because that's not enough. So I like that it's a little more holistic. So we, even now I don't feel like people just see me as, you know, these big boobs. But right, right. Maybe because I'm so opinionated. <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good thing. They must like that about you, I imagine. And I bet your husband loves that story that he can take credit for. Yeah. Saving your boobs. That's, and he was that's clever cool. about it, too, because... Um, I told him on one of our first dates that I, you know, was going to go and have this consultation to have breast reduction surgery. And he was so smart because he did not say, no, don't do that. That's a horrible idea. Because, of course, it's like reverse psychology. I would just want to do it even more. Oh, yeah. Especially from someone you just met, too. And that might cause a lot of resistance. Right. So he just let you make the decision on your own. He... He was like, you know, do do what you feel comfortable doing. It's obviously it's your body. You know, if they make you uncomfortable, if you would be happier with smaller breast size, then I totally support that. And he said that. But then at the same time, the way that he treated me physically and you know, when we would have sex, he would like pay so much attention to my like he knew how to handle them. Yeah. <laughs> it made a big difference. For sure. Me. I bet. Because almost all of my sex partners before him, male and female, both. Not that they ignored my breasts, they just seemed intimidated by them. Okay. There was this kind of like look of like, those are really big, I don't know what to do. And they would like touch them a little bit, but it was like a like a cat like chatting. <laughs> like a you know, a ball yeah. of yarn is like, uh, I don't okay, I'm just gonna Yeah. I'm just gonna touch it and then pull Aww. away. <laughs> that's like a scene from a movie or something. That's that's funny. And I you know, we don't people don't talk a lot about you know, sex, even with people who are having it with a lot of times, it's, mm-hmm. they're scared too. So I, I can imagine that, you know, and they, they want to feel strong and, you know, confident and all that stuff. Uh, is your husband, he must be very supportive of what, of what you do. Did he already know that you were either in or interested in the adult industry or how does he feel about your career? Um, he's very supportive. Yeah, it's, I, I couldn't possibly have asked for a more supportive partner. It's great. That's awesome. I, I did actually tell, I was in my last semester of college when we met. And I told him, hey, you know, when I finish school, I want to move to Los Angeles and pursue a career in adult films. I told him that on our first date. (laughs) Wow. And he was like, all right. And and he was like, I I think that's cool. I I support that. He was like, do what makes you happy. That's a keeper. That's great. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And what are your career goals or your, your dreams ahead? What would you like to have happen in your career? I can I'm so lucky that I can say that a lot of my goals I've I've reached, you know. Um I mean, one of my biggest goals was just to to make a living doing this, you know, to kind of carve my place 
in the industry, and and I've done that. I'm, I you know I make a living. Um, it's not as easy a living as a lot of people think. A lot of people think it's like the days of Jenna Jameson, and you just go shoot a scene every day, and you like make millions of dollars in a year. No, I work like eighty hour weeks, and I'm pretty make a very like average middle class income. Eighty hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's like literally the moment I wake up to 11 p.m. every night. That's intense. Yeah. Are, are you in control of your schedule or is it kind of... I'm in control of my schedule, which is one of the number one things that I love about my job is I make my schedule. Um, I mean, the majority of my work is managing my website, managing my various social media accounts, online presences. I have not only, obviously... You know, companies will hire me to do a shoot for a DVD, but that's kind of the minority of my work. That's like maybe twenty-five percent of the time. That's my job. Because you're a business. I a mean, lot of you're a brand and a business. business. Sure, mm-hmm. that's amazing. So, did you study business in college, or is that something you've kind of learned along the way? I've learned along the way, but I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. When I was in college, um, I always worked like a kind of like a nine-to-five, like mostly retail jobs, but at the same time, like. All through college, I had this really small business knitting stuff. I would knit stuff and sell it, like old gloves and hats. I admire people who can knit. That's cool. (laughs) So I always kind of – I remember when I was in college, and I majored in communications and Spanish and uh, minored in women's studies also. But I I remember just not really knowing what I wanted my career to be, you know, when I was was younger – but I knew that I wanted to have a job where I was my own boss and made my own schedule. Yeah. You and seem like I a very independent that. spirit, which is good. Which yeah. is good. And you're, the rest of your family, do you have family and friends who are all very supportive as well? I would imagine that's important in this business. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it, having a support network is very important. Yeah. And I'm very lucky that I have support around me. That's awesome. That's mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> and if you could go on, like, what's your dream vacation with your with your husband? Like, what would you do if you weren't doing... Dream vacation. Yeah, can I you, can you dream of a vacation? <laughs> if you could carve out, like, a few hours out of your week, where would you go? It, it's it's the, um, the, the ultimate vacation to me would be going to, like, French Polynesia, like, Fiji or Bora Bora. You know, the little huts yeah. over the water? Like, oh, yeah. It just seems so serene. Totally. And, like, no phones, no internet, nothing. No six-lane freeways, no... <laughs> Los yes. Angeles, the part-time job of traffic. I know. Although you probably get to do a lot of your work where, you know. That's another, I'm so glad I don't have to commute, you know. Yeah. I don't know how people do it. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like half your life. It's insane. I just, I mean, on average, I actually, like, go to set and shoot a scene. Depending on the week, sometimes, some are busier than others. But on average, about two days a week, I shoot, you know, on set, away from home. And even on those days, I'm like, ooh. Yeah, it doesn't take much to start to get like, I, yeah, very low tolerance. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Even they say just buy a book on tape, and it's like it's not quite that easy when you're sitting there for four hours. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And where can people learn? What's the best way to learn more about you? Tell us your your website address. My official site, my membership site, is SiriPornStar.com, and my blog, and I also have like a little little store where I sell autograph stuff, and that's at officialsiri.com. Okay, awesome. And your Twitter handle is your is it's Siri, right? S I R I Porn Star. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And so, you, and you can also find you on on Facebook, correct? I I have a Facebook. It's a fan page. Okay. I don't use it much. Okay. Um, but I do use Instagram, which is my username. There is at Siri PG. 
Okay, nice. It's my third Instagram account. Oh, is it really? (laughs) I keep having to make new, because they're very strict about anything, not even necessarily nudity, just anything that's a little too, that they don't agree with, they'll basically suspend your account. Are you serious? I'm surprised I haven't been suspended yet. That's interesting. So they just kind of boot you out and you have to start all over again? Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really happy with this third one. It's like third time's a charm because I've gotten to 24,000 followers and wow. haven't been deleted yet. Nice. It must be the keeper. <laughs> Thank goodness Twitter is very – I mean, it seems like there's so – it's the one of the best places, I think, to meet sex-positive people. Yeah. And because, you know, they don't – restrict that like you can you can tweet about porn and sex and anything you want and uh it seems pretty pretty free that way so that's great yeah i love that about twitter yeah awesome awesome so i hope you all thank you again for being here first of all you've been such a treat and all of you out there can can listen um not only here at uh, Global uh, Voice Broadcasting, you can also download the podcast on iTunes. I hope you'll also subscribe. And we will be featuring this interview on my blog. For more Girl Boner Fun, I hope you'll consider subscribing to the podcast. And if you like what you hear, post a happy little review. They keep us hot and going. You can also join me and the Girl Boner community on Facebook, Twitter, and my blog. Links to all of those are available on my website. That's augustmclaughlin.com. I love, love hearing from you. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, have a beautiful girl boner embracing week.